Time now for the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular with your hosts, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Keglin. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley looking forward to an hour when no one will be speculating about Jimbo Fisher's future. First time this season. AM hosting Abilene Christian, but that takes a back seat with all the buzz around College Station. It's spread across the country as well. We have two All-Americans to break it down for us. Tex Ags broke news of the Fisher firing on Sunday, and veteran writer Owen Buchanan from Tex Ags is here to give us the background as well as look forward to what's ahead for this Aggies program. And the voice of the Aggies, Andrew Monaco, will be along as well. We welcome him back to the show, a great friend of ours, as we discuss the team's prep for this week and, again, the mindset uh, moving forward for this Aggies program. So it's a great show. Glad you're along with us. Fellas, life without Jimbo Fisher now begins deep in the heart. Of- yeah, if you're a Texas A&M uh- football player you're going out there you want to prove something again after a big win your coach gets fired you're like i'm going to go out and show people that we're really good i would not want to be abilene christian this week i think texas a&m puts hammered out yeah i'm not certain if i'd want to be abilene christian any week with uh, <laughs> playing playing sec teams but i think this is a this is going to be one of those games where the anger frustration about this season is going to be taken out on the other team and it's not going to be pretty and i don't think there's going to be any forgiveness mike do you think if AM wins like 51 to 10 that they fire the interim coach now <laughs> you know that would be hilarious wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> Joining us now to talk more about this is uh, the guy who broke the story, Olin Buchanan. He's the writer for Tex Ag. So, Olin, great to have you here. Uh, I got to be honest, woke up Sunday morning, saw the news, um, talking to people over the past few weeks. It was kind of felt, it seemed that they were going to give another year, but um, 51 points against Mississippi State, I guess, wasn't enough. Um, you guys had seen enough, and and they made the call. Tell us about the process of uh, of your good reporting this weekend. Well, uh, it was actually my boss, Billy Lucci, that, uh, originally broke it on a uh, on a uh, uh, on a tweet, I guess whatever they call them that nowadays. Yep. But, right, X, uh, whatever. Yeah. And on Thursday of last week, we knew um, that uh, a, a decision was or a decision on a change had been made, but um, we couldn't get the enough confirmation. And so here's what happened. <clears throat> so. Course, there's always been some question about what's been about, about the direction of the program ever since the 2021 season went downhill. Uh, but the loss at Ole Miss, I don't know if you saw it, but AM started really slow, looked uh, out of sorts, got a just from their athleticism, got a, uh, a block field goal touchdown. Uh, that kind of changed things, uh, turned into a game. AM opened the second half of the long drive, but threw in. Had an interception in the end zone with a senior quarterback and a, or a junior quarterback and a senior receiver on the wrong, you know, not on the same page. Why is that? Um, but AM was still able to get the the lead 35, uh, yeah, 35 31 uh, with about four minutes, four and a half minutes to go, couldn't hold it, and then uh, rallied and got within field goal range, had a field goal blocked. And once again, they lost. I think, I think that's like, it was their ninth straight true loss in a true road game and something like 10, 10 losses now uh, over the last two seasons, something like that, but maybe it's nine by a touchdown or less. Right. Yeah. So uh, Ross Bjork, the athletic director told us that he was frustrated uh, at home Saturday night, just thinking about the program and everything that's going, where are we? Why does this keep happening? And it just decided, you know, enough's enough. If you contact the interim university president, said, hey, let's meet tomorrow, Sunday. They met to discuss the situation. They agreed that a change needed to be made. They got in touch with the chancellor on Monday. He said, okay, you know, go forward. There's a regents meeting uh, uh, already scheduled for other issues, not, not football related, uh, on Thursday. So they met, you know, they took that opportunity to meet with the regents. They said, okay, uh, we'll do what we have to do. But you know, it was already Thursday, Thursday evening. Why make that uh, announcement when you got a bunch of kids looking forward to a football game, an SEC game, on uh, on Saturday? So after the game Saturday, 
uh, a big 51-10 win. Ross Bjork told uh, Jimbo, hey, we need to meet tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, and uh, have a meeting. So they met up at Kyle Field uh, about 9 o'clock. And uh, uh, Bjork said in what, what he said was a quick and cordial meeting, informed uh, Jimbo that he would no longer be the coach, that they're going to you know, go in a different direction. And so here we are. So now uh, they're going to be looking for a new coach. And uh, based on what Ross Bjork said, they're not – they're they're not beholding beholden to the idea, but sounds like he would like to find somebody, have somebody hired before the transfer portal window opens on uh, December fourth. Oh, okay. So, so that, that kind of brings you up to date on everything that's been going on. So, what kind of search are they going to pursue here? Do they use, you know, connections? backdoor stuff is this something where they're gonna you know have a search firm yes i think that first of all uh i think they're gonna use every uh available idea right but uh ross yesterday gave us like this list of requirements for this next coach it was as long as your arm you know and some of them he said hey this guy's gotta be a recruiting machine guys gotta have some background in this uh, offense all, all these things you know uh a lot of boxes to check. He says that, yeah, they'll have, uh, he didn't call it a recruiting firm, but he had basically the camera call the actual words he used, basically that. He said they're also going to uh, refer to, uh, you know, w- what former players think and all those things. And uh, t- to me, that's uncomfortable. I like the idea of having an athletic director that just comes out and says, I'm going to make the, the call. And to be quite frankly, now we all understand football is a much different animal, but uh, Ross has been a uh, phenomenal at hiring coaches here. You know, Buzz Williams uh, doing a great job at basketball. Jim Schlossnagel doing a great job at football. Joni Taylor's doing a great job at women's basketball. They got a new volleyball coach. Thanks. So he's made great hires that everybody here is very uh, um, satisfied with the hires he's made, but he's never fired a, hired a football coach here. So mm-hmm. um, this will be a defining moment for him. And um, you know what? I do believe that they're going to approach it a little more. I don't know if cautiously is the right word, but maybe uh, smarter than they did uh, previously. Look, I applaud what they did when they hired Jimbo Fisher. They said, "Look, we want to we want to have a program that can ch- challenge for championships." And so they did what they had to do to bring in a national championship winning coach, uh, and it didn't work out. What they the mistake they made was the extension. Uh, You know, in a perfect situation, yes, LSU was coming after Jimbo Fisher. But in the perfect situation, you would have said, look, Jimbo, we've hired you. You've got six years left on a contract. And at the time, they, they, you know, they just won the Orange Bowl nine and one. Yeah. So uh, thrilled with what you got. I guess they still had seven years. We're paying you $7.5 million a year. you, You said you needed a new uh, indoor facility. We built a new indoor facility. You said you needed to uh, uh, get everything under one roof and build a football center. Well, th- that's in the process of being built. Everything you've asked for, we're building. We're paying you seven and a half million dollars. If that's not enough, hey, good luck in Baton Rouge. Right? That that don't be a cent for the uh, you, you know for the coaches and his agent. Say, all right, if if that's not enough for you, it'll be enough for somebody else. Yeah. But uh, they went ahead and. Maybe giving the race to ten million dollars just don't extend the contract like they did. Um, don't hold yourself hostage, and I think that's what they did. And I think that's what they're going to learn from. Yeah, talking with Olin Buchanan, a writer for Texas. Again, they're the ones that broke the story this weekend. Jimbo Fisher out as Texas A and M's coach. And Olin, I think that the you know the money is where I think the nation kind of that's the gasp and the jaw drop. Right? Is that the the reported you know give or take a few dollars here and there seventy seven million dollar buyout. I think I read someplace where three quarters of that must be paid within 90 days. I'm not sure how accurate that is. Um, we were talking here in the in the break, though, like you were saying, plenty of money in, in College Station to do what you want to do. Yeah, well, 25 percent of it has to be paid within, uh, I think it's 120 days. Now, they have to pay. They have to pay a big part of that in the, in, in 60 days. I think they're going to owe him like nineteen point two million dollars in the first uh, 60 days, I believe it is. And then another 7.1 or something like that, uh, within the 
120 days. So, you know, two more months later, and then it becomes like $7 million monthly or yearly installments or something like that. So um, it's going to be paid off over eight years after okay. the original. Um, so, um, and so it's, it's not, it's not like someone's writing one check. It's or not going to get a check. That's good to know. Yeah, that's million. Uh, and, and you know what? I, and I don't know this for a fact, but let's say he coaches somewhere else. You guys know y'all follow college football. Typically, if you get a job somewhere else, then whatever they're paying you is subtracted for what you, I don't, for what you, I don't, I don't know if that's the case, but that's what it is typically. Um, so, um, let's see, I wonder if I lost. Kind of lost my well, the rumors, kind of, rumors have it that that there is no offset, which would be a great be. would be a great deal for uh, Jimbo. Yeah, there may not be, uh, uh, but A uh, and M has a a fund um, that uh, it's like a athletic emergency fund. Uh, they have plenty of donors that make a ton of money and have been making for for years and years and years. And I'm telling you, A and M has an incredible, incredibly loyal fan population. And unfortunately, in, at least in my opinion, A&M has taken that uh, loyalty for, for granted sometimes, just sucked it out of them like a vampire. You know, uh, hey, we need some, we need this. Can you give us this? And the Aggies say, yeah, because they, they love this program. They love the team and they will support. That's what makes it a great job It's because you have great fan support and you have great donors that typically will, will, donate without asking to be in charge right uh it's like they're good hey we will give you the keys of the car just don't wreck it and if you wreck it well then we're going to take it away from you it's kind of that situation but as long as you're driving it you know we don't have a problem with it. so uh so all that money that will be paid to jimbo will come out of first come out of that fund you know so th that initial and then they're going to, Ross Bjork made it clear, they're going to uh, take the rest, they make the monthly installments or the yearly installments based on, hey, we're going to reorganize how we do some things in our in our uh, um, athletic department. And here, look, this will be a drop in the bucket, but it'll give you an idea of what they can do, uh, where they can cut some expenses somewhere else. Jimbo, and we've been scratching our head over this one for several years, insisted to on road games to take the team out on Thursday. Well, that doesn't seem like much, except you're thinking, well, how many people are involved in that? A hundred people? How many hotel rooms do you need uh, for, for two days instead of one? And meals and all those things. Well, th that's not just a small expense when you start thinking about it over the course of a year. When everybody else, and it'd be one thing if you did that and you always won on the road. Like I've told you, they've lost, nine consecutive true road games. So, you know, you could say, hey, we're going to stop doing that. You know, there's some other things you can stop doing here and there and then also get some more donations, which will always be there uh, to defer some of that cost. Mm -hmm. Any names you're hearing right now? I saw Dukes, <laughs> Mike Elko, obviously Urban Myers out there. I mean, I'm sure, like you said, that the list is long as your arm, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You know, why wouldn't you want to coach at a and Yeah. Yeah, you're an hour and a half from the fourth largest city in the country that loves high school football. And Dallas is you're two and a half hours from Dallas. And there's a slew of players in East Texas and even San Antonio. You know, there's a lot of players here and uh, you're going to get that fan support. They're going to pay the the infrastructure here. Everything is is set up. Uh, you just need a coach that's not going to be stubborn when his when his offense is clearly not working to say, no, I know it worked. You know, I, I won the Kentucky Derby on this ho horse two years ago, and I'm still giving him the same oh, – the, the, I'm feeding the same thing, and I'm still riding the same way and hitting with the same riding crop, and I'm training him the same way. Yeah, but he's a six-year-old horse now. He's not a two-year-old horse. And understand <laughs> that, right? Uh so maybe uh, a, a coach with some new ideas and 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 things like that can come in. Uh, if he has off, if he has assistant coaches who aren't doing a good job coaching their position, uh, actually make a change, right? So uh, I think I've heard Mike Elko. That makes makes a lot of sense. Mike's doing really good things at Duke, a hard place to win. Uh, he was a beloved defensive coordinator here. Did a great job. I think. 
Pete, uh, Pete, I think Dan Lanning would be high on the list, but that may be too expensive. I don't know that Phil Knight's going to ever be outbid. Um, does does Dan Lanning just want to get back in the SEC, right? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Jeff Trailer at uh, UT San Antonio, he's a guy that would, I think, recruit Texas tremendously, having a off year this year, but he lost his starting quarterback. A lot of teams, uh, hey, I don't know if you want a coach that loses his starting quarterback. We've had enough of that here, right? <laughs> so uh, Brian Hartline, uh, assistant coach at Ohio State. There's a guy on staff here, Elijah Robinson, mm-hmm. defensive line coach. You're going to laugh. Well, defensive line coach, why would you do that? He's never even been a coordinator. Say, uh, yeah, Dabo Swinney was never a coordinator before they made him a head coach. So, um there's going to be no short urban. You said urban Meyer. Why not? Uh, you can bring up his, uh, his background and some of the problems I'd say the sec is the conference of redemption. Look at freeze. Look at Lane Kiffin. Look at, uh, Brian Kelly. What happened with him at Notre Dame, um, that people forget about, you know, there was a young man that lost his life. Right. So, uh, DJ Durkin, this is the, Conference of Re- uh, Bobby Petrino's here, yeah. the Conference of Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> so why would you uh, not even throw in Urban Meyer as a person uh, as a possibility? So I think uh, you know if you're a college football coach and they all think I'm the guy that can get it done, right? And if right. you're saying, "Hey, we're going to give you several million dollars a year," we're going to you're going to have great geographical advantages for recruiting. You're going to have as good of an infrastructure and in, in, uh, in facilities as there is in the country, better than most. And we're going to have, you're going to have a loyal fan base that, Oh, by the way, plays the NIL game as well as anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have all that. All you got to do is go out and win football games. Yeah. You know, what is the, what is the, missing piece because since bear bryant left you know back in what the late 50s there have been 11 coaches who've been terminated or forced to resign from texas a&m they only average roughly five years a person and Texas A&M has the fan base. They have the money support. They have almost everything. What has been the X factor that has pre- prevented Texas A&M from ascending that stairway and and being on a level that the the Longhorns or you know LSU are at? Well, I have a theory on that. Okay, so I'm glad you asked. Well, good because <laughs> you said A&M has this. No. A&M has it now. For years, A&M was its own worst enemy. Uh, R.C. Slocum was wildly uh, successful here as a head coach. And so successful, in fact, uh, that the uh, and, and Jackie Sherrill before him. And they were so successful that the guys in charge took it for granted. And so when Texas hired Mac Brown and Oklahoma hired Bob Stoops and Nick Saban went to LSU, they all started adding to their infrastructure. A&M said, and, and, and quite frankly, R.C. Slocum went to, you know, the, this athletic director and athletic power, all these things said, hey, we need to keep up. And their answer was, we're winning. Why do we need to invest in the program? Well, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, recruiting flipped. And back in the 90s, now this is how far it goes back, because you mentioned all these other coaches. Back in the 90s, um, R.C. went to uh, Bum Bright, who was then the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, was the primary benefactor for A&M. And he said, uh, Coach, we need to build a a center for football. You know, that's what everybody's doing now, uh, upgrade all the facilities. And and then he also went to former players and said, this is what I need. And Bum Bright wrote him a big check, and a bunch of players who were in the the, the NFL made contributions. And so then – after they got that started, the university said, okay. And AM built what is called the Bright Center now, which they're up, which there is going to be obsolete because of what they're building now for, for Jimbo, who's not going to have it. But finally, they got a and, and RC had like if they were ranking 
would have had like a number one, two, three recruiting class committed, and then they fired him because and, and it, the, the guy who fired him was the president who had, of the university because I didn't have an athletic director. You know, again, their own worst enemy. And um, so then he went to the Dennis Francione experience, and then Mike Sherman never made sense, and Kevin Sumlin had early success but kind of checked out after. So uh, I think it's not it, – it wasn't until – my, my point is it wasn't until uh, really after the Johnny Manziel year mm. that A&M as a program decided, okay, we've always wanted to play at the $100 tables, but we've only brought $100 bill. Now <laughs> we're going to come with the entire wad of cash and be serious about playing. And that's what brought you Jimbo Fisher here. So what, what they're looking at, again, is finding the right coach. The, everything else is is here. I'm telling you. Yeah. You tell me. You guys tell me. And I know you're not here in College Station, but what would you need to be a a, yeah. a wildly successful program that Texas A&M doesn't provide? It, it's you've funny. Got we we got infrastructure. I totally agree. We have said the same thing these last three months. We have said, you know, A&M's that program that is. It's just right there. It is it, everything is there. It's right at the end of your fingertips. It's it's, and and I think these, like you said, that you know the Ole Miss game was a perfect microcosm, not just of this season or the Jimbo era, but to your point, a little little deeper than that, where it's it is it is a program that I wouldn't even call it a sleeping giant. It's a giant. It's just it's just trying to find the right beanstalk, right? I mean, it is it is it is it, 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 the A and M program is huge, and there's no reason why it should not be top ten every year. It's always just right there, just beyond your fingertips. And you're right. It just takes that right, Coach. Well, to, this year, uh, what, what's Alabama? Uh, the rankings come out tomorrow, but Alabama's ranked eighth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ole Miss was ranked ninth. Tennessee was ranked four, 14th or 13th. Yeah. You lost all three of those teams by a touchdown or less. And, and all three of those teams, you had to lead in the, in the uh, second half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most games are won and lost on the sideline. You need to get, yeah. Are they a sleeping gi- giant? Sure, they're a sleeping giant. Find the right damn alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Oh, and we will uh, leave it there. We've taken enough of your time already, but we appreciate one, the, the background on this, getting a lot more information. Um, and we can't wait to see what happens here in the next few <laughs> weeks. It sounds like it's going to be pretty. We may be calling you sooner than later to find out what's happening. All right. Well, you guys, thank you for having me on and have a blessed day. All right. You too. Thanks thank so much. You. Owen Buchanan, uh, again, Ryder with Tex Ags, and they were the ones that broke the uh, uh, the Jimbo Fisher story. He is out as coach. And again, no one's writing one check. It's a series of checks, and they'll get it paid and they'll get somebody in pretty quick. Hey, we've got much more to come. Stay with us after this. If I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number down. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket the call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. And we're back. Mike Hagley, Brad Sturdy, 
Uh, Larry Smith, Tony Cordero on the on the com. Let hey guys, how about uh, you know you want to talk about you always have these fairy tale endings to careers, and you're like, oh, they win the last game and they have this. How about the other side of it? You know, Megan Rapinoe, who's been you know a great uh, women's soccer player for many many years, one of the, an all time great, obviously, and she tears her Achilles to kind of to to end her career in her last game. It's just, I mean, man, that's a terrible way to end it for you. Everybody wants to be Aaron Rodgers, I guess. <laughs> but it, <laughs> I, I, I go back to... He's coming back, though, Mike. He's coming back. Yeah, exactly. Next week, I'm right? Sure, I'm sure he is. Um, but, you know, you, you you just go back to you got to wonder what's going on in sports where everybody and their mom t- tears their Achilles nowadays. Um, but, yeah, she, she had a ton of time in the limelight, helped really turn you know, women's soccer into a institution that's, that's bigger than men's soccer. And, you know, it would have been nice to see her get one more game out of it, but unfortunately the it's, it's not going to be that way, but boy, she had a career that a lot of people will try to uh, put into perspective, you know, now that it's over and, and they'll try to fa- figure out where she fits in the pantheon of uh, women's athletes. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I don't always agree with everything she she says or does, you know, when it comes to this stuff. But I do agree that she's a great player. I mean, just you you can't uh, even if you disagree. Like I, you know, the men's women's soccer, you know, the soccer pay and different things. I I didn't always agree with what they said, but I think she's been a great like stalwart for women's sports, and we need that. We you know we needed this because people got to stand up and say. You know, women's sports matter. And, and, you know, if you're going to have this. And so I think she's been great in that regard. It's sad to see her go out this way. I, I wish that she could have could have had that fairy tale ending. Right. You win the game, you score the great game winning goal. I mean, that's the way everybody goes out or supposed to go out. Right. Yeah. Instead, yeah. it uh, didn't go quite that that romantically. No, it wasn't quite that good. It wasn't a movie. Um, but hey, you know what was a fairy tale ending? How about a high school football game? For one side was a fairy tale ending, hundred and four to nothing. How how does this happen? Eighty three zero at half, hundred and four to zero. Okay, we've both coached, and we've been on both ends of getting our butts kicked and winning by a lot. And I'm telling you, I never beat anybody hundred and four to nothing. So uh, my problem was always I had to come home and a- answer to my wife. There was one game. This is a true story. When I was coaching junior high basketball, we won like. 53 to 14. And I got yelled at after the game. Why did you beat them so badly? That is terrible. I can't believe you did that. I said, I played 15 guys. I didn't even play my starters in the second half. I we 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 held the ball. What do you want me to do? And she's like, we didn't press. And she's like, Well, I think you should have let them score. I said, Okay, well, sorry. Well, 104 to zero was a little bit on the other end in football. Yeah, well, I guess you have to figure, you know, you you scored quite a few touchdowns in the first half there, and then you cut it down to three in the second half. The problem is, is in a lot of those games, you hand off the ball to absorb the clock. And then what happens is, is you find out if you're that much better that you end up getting 12 yards carry and then it doesn't even matter. And so I'm, I'm assuming that's what they tried to do in the second half but uh, you know, in the end, there's there's got to be a different. But you you know, do you start putting your knee down in the third quarter and then punting after four plays? So I think you challenge your guys. Say we're only going to put ten guys on defense this play, <laughs> and see if we can stop them. And then we'll go to nine. If we can stop them with ten, we'll go to nine. I'm going to really challenge you guys. Remember, it's like in practice. You remember in practice when you used to let the other team you'd have your second team have like seven or eight guys on the yep. press to yep. simulate it. that's they should have let that team okay put extra guys on the field maybe, maybe we need to add that to the to the rule book so, something during during that that time when you're when you're the blowout rule and of course it probably the other part is it's nice when the you get the running clock which helps it go down quicker as well well speaking of running clocks Let's talk about this. I think the Clippers are hoping the clock runs out on their time with James Harden. <laughs> it hasn't been long, and it's been too long. James Harden, I mean, there is no question that James Harden can play offense. He can score points. He's a, He knows he's talented, whatever. But, man, he just doesn't fit anywhere, does he? 
No, he doesn't. And I got to be honest with you, you can already see the Clippers setting the table to get rid of Russell Westbrook of all the thing, you know, because they didn't get along earlier in their careers at Houston or Oklahoma City. And I think Russell is going to be traded in the next few months and he can still help another team. Um, but I think you're going to be in a situation where, you know, Harden's going to be the cancer that destroys an, yet another NBA team and why anyone would trade for him is beyond me. Yeah, it's, it's shocking. So, you know, the, these are kind of things that we, you know, just, we, this is why we're here, Mike, to, to wax poetic on these important <laughs> things in sports. So, all right, we'll be back right after this. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. That's 800-373-8414. Fans of Big Sports Radio and Sports Spectacular Podcasts have a new home on the Chief Sports Network. Find your favorite programs and content all in one place by downloading the Chief Sports app in your mobile device. Created in South Carolina, the Chief Sports Network is the home of an expanding network of live and podcast format programming. It is also the home of one of the leading national college football podcasts, J.C. and Morgan, hosted by ESPN's Mike Morgan and 24-7 Sports' J.C. Sherbert. Download the Chief Sports app for free and find all of your favorite programming under one easy umbrella. Thanks to all of our markets for your loyal support of Big Sports Radio and our Sports Spectacular podcast, and we look forward to connecting with you anywhere in the world on the Chief Sports app. You're listening to the Aggie Guys Radio Network. Well, joining us now to talk more about, you know, do we have anything to talk about in college? college Aggies play Abilene Christian on Saturday. (laughs) It's 11 o'clock kick. Our pregame starts at 10. Are there we done? Go. Is that it? Or is it <laughs> over? What are we going to talk about? Uh, Andrew Monaco, a friend of ours, is uh, back here on the show. He's the voice of the Aggies, of course. We always enjoy his call and uh, love spending time with him uh, here on the show. Andrew, good to talk with you. Uh, obviously, it's it's the we've been talking about it all season long, and, and it comes down to this weekend. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is out. Um, you know, I, I think I had begun to talk to everyone, feel I think you were in the same page that maybe this was not going to happen right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we, you know, the curtain's been pulled back, it sounds like it was a done deal before the game. And, and then they pulled the trigger on Sunday. It almost seems like you learn more about the timeline going backwards, the farther you get away from it. But I, I have a, the same feeling you do that once the board of regents met on Thursday before the game against Mississippi state, that was probably the decision was being made coach through Mississippi state the timing's awkward because it's your biggest win. Uh, you have 103,000 at Kyle Field to watch that. Jalen Henderson, your third quarterback, comes through. You could see that joy on the field, and then you wake up Sunday morning to texts and social media that a change is being made. So, yeah, um, an awful lot, I believe, goes into this. I don't think this is spur of the moment of, okay, that's it. Uh, I think it's some things that led up. To it, I heard this uh, the other day. It was almost like a death by a thousand cuts. And I don't know, was the loss at Ole Miss the thousandth cut? It may have been, uh, but the change made and Elijah Robinson being the uh, interim head coach, he's the D-line coach and uh, one of the co-defensive coordinators with DJ Durkin for the run game. And Elijah, I think right guy, right time, the way he was able to speak to his players. And this week at practice, you can see that there's an awful lot of respect for Elijah, not just with his group of D linemen, 
but the entire defense and the offense. It's a new role for him that it's kind of, you never plan for it, but he's been prepared for it with all the other coaches that he's worked with, not just Jimbo, Matt Rule in the past. He said, I kind of stand on their shoulders right now. Okay. What opportunity for him uh, to come in? Because this is a team that, look, is going to play in, likely play in a bowl, right? I mean, at, at, at some point um, here this season. Uh, to get a, you know, three games to, you know, maybe you, you're you not on the short list to be elevated and keep this position full-time, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly can make a name for yourself and put this on your resume for uh, a head coaching job of his own somewhere. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, it, to me, it's kind of an audition. I would yeah. think he would be considered. If not, I think if you get a new head coach, I think your first decision is you better keep Elijah Robinson here okay. in College Station. Um, there's a reason why this team has had the recruiting classes they they have. Obviously, a number of coaches, but Elijah is a big reason of that. And the D-line is a huge reason why Edgerin Cooper, a linebacker, has the season he has and a reason why this is one of the top defenses in the country. The other thing becomes the unintended consequences of all this. There now becomes a window for all the players. They get a transfer portal window that opens up to all of them because of the coaching change midseason. You have recruiting and the early signing period coming up. So you want to have as much stability as you can, and I think Elijah certainly gives you that. And, and that's one thing. Would would the athletic director and and the people who make these decisions um, would they? It would seem it would behoove them to come out in the next couple of weeks before signing day and make some kind of verbal affirmation that he's going to be here in twenty twenty four. Does that? Sound fair? I mean, I, I think that's part of the timeline for hiring a new coach. I'm not going to put an artificial deadline on them, but yeah, you would think about that because now the recruiting is negative to Texas A&M. Here's the change, the uncertainty, similar here to when pitching coach Nate Yeski leaves to go to LSU in college baseball. You have to do that kind of scramble because you have players who say, boy, I like Nate Yeski. Do I want to go to LSU? Do I want to go somewhere else? I came here because of him. And you say, hey, trust us. We will make this decision. So when you have Elijah to head this program and he will rely on Bobby Petrino for the offense and DJ Durkin for the defense, you see some of that stability. But I'm with you. I, I, I think he I think he would have every shot. I think he's got that respect. I think that would be something that the players would obviously say to whomever asked them in this search. And I think it would be I think it would do Texas A&M very well to have him in that search. Um, but again, if not, I know he wants to stay. You never know what happens this time of year or in the offseason. But I think Elijah Robinson needs to stay in Maroon because he's been that impactful, if you will, on this program. Spending some time right now with Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies of Texas A&M here on the Aggies Guy Sports Spectacular. Um, what's the, the the talk? What's the mood been like this week? I mean, listen, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Each week when 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 we sit out and talk, that's always a conversation is Jimbo mm-hmm. and will they make mm-hmm. the move this year or next year? And it seems like now that it's done, um, I mean, it's it's a clean cut and you can move forward. So at least you don't have that narrative, I guess, hanging over the rest of the season. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. It is. And that's, I guess, part of the noise that coaches always talk about. And you can't tell an 18 to 22-year-old, hey, turn off Twitter. Right. If you'd like to, turn yeah. off Instagram. Yeah. Do all, all of that. It, it's not, they have to learn that, I think, because you realize all that noise, it's, it's just clutter. Um, but you're right. That's now gone. And now it's, what is next? And that's, I think, immediately what Elijah said. When he found out on Sunday, if it was done early in Sunday morning, by 10 o'clock when he met with that team, okay, this is what happens. This is what we do next. It's very similar to next man up mentality. Okay, what do we do next? And Elijah put everything in order. Look, we have a team meeting at two. We're going to have our first practice. He was talking about this week, the practice. There was a lot of juice and energy in that practice. And I think, to your point, it's almost like, Okay, that's now in the past. We're moving forward. All of these guys Jimbo brought here. It's not like, wow, the you know, he's gone and it's better. That's not the case at all. Um, there's a reason why they're here. He's a reason why he went to the living room and promised them not just football, but all of Texas A&M, which is also, I think, a very powerful selling point when you go into a recruit's home. But it is, hey, we're stunned. Okay, what happens after that wears off? Hey, you know what? We still have a game. Hey, you know what? Let's go back to Saturday. We build off what we did over Mississippi State. To your point, you know what? We missed a bowl last year. We're going bowling this year. 
let's go to the best bowl we can go to. Uh, that's the that's the thing. And and again, I think because Elijah was able to really, really care about not just the players, but he talks about that brotherhood. Hey, we're still here for you. And I think in a little way, he said, you know what? This is now up on you guys. Your responsibility is to end this season as strong as possible and build off what you just did this past Saturday. I, I think that while, I mean, I, we can debate, you know, the merits of to fire him now, later, keep him, whatever the case is. We could do that all day long. But I think to your point, I think this is where it's an advantage. It's what you just talked about is that now you get a chance you to kind of wipe the slate clean and these final three games in addition with the additional six weeks of six weeks of practice, which mm-hmm. every college football coach prefers. That's, yes. that's the real reason to go to a bowl game. Yes. Um, really build for the future with this outstanding recruiting that has been done by Jimbo and his staff. And really, you know, not that you want to look ahead too soon, but I think here's a chance to really build on, as we've talked about, with some very, very solid pieces that have not been able to come together for one reason or another, you can kind of begin to try to put some of that glue in place and see what happens here in the next few weeks. I truly believe that will be Jimbo Fisher's legacy is that he's leaving this program in better hands than when he got it from facilities to the talent. Most coaches, when they leave a program, your program is trending down. This program's trending up. Now, did that not work in his favor? Very possibly. Uh, You know, what was that next step? And can that next coach take you that next step? This is a premier job. And, and again, in talking season, we get through all of this. Right now, it's the best job that is open in college football. You can debate if it's the best job, seventh best job, as Joel Klatt was saying. It doesn't matter. It's the one that's open. And I think coaches look at this and say, I can win there with the talent. And again, um, it, it, it's going to be twofold. I, I think you come after 2020. And I think they're a they're a, a committee vote or two away from being in that college football playoff. But all the all that you did, you win that Orange Bowl, and you never got back to that. I think that was the hard part about that. And okay, let's go through this. I don't know of another program that has had to play three quarterbacks for two consecutive years. Um, but you see that even though you don't want that to happen. Jimbo was still prepared for that to happen. He had court. This is a, this is a guy who beats LSU uh, when they had and when the Aggies just could not beat the Tigers. This is a guy who beats Alabama with his backup quarterback. Yeah. There there are a lot of things. I just don't think it was enough. And ultimately, every coach it comes down to, hey, didn't win enough. But he leaves this program in better hands than when he got it. And I'm with you. I think these players, let's build this momentum. Again, Abilene Christian, then LSU, you've not won. These players have not won in Death Valley. You get a chance to do that, and you go back a year ago, which I really thought that win was the impetus for this season. They carried some of that, but not all of it. And then the bowl. And I'm not saying they're coaching for their jobs. Right. No, no. It's a little bit of an audition. And I think you want a coach to say, hey, I really want that talent, whether it's a wide receiver or a running back. Look, some guys are going to leave. Some guys were going to leave whether Jimbo was not fired or not. That's that's the player's prerogative now. But with you, yeah, it's I think it's almost an an audition and to to impress the coach. But I think it's an audition to themselves to bring out the best that they are, because a part of it is. Fair or unfair. When you leave plays out on the field, that's the players leaving that play. Can they find those inches? Can they now execute? And sometimes it happens later in November than it does earlier in the season. I think you find out about themselves, but talent-wise, I'm going to be honest with you. Jimbo has said to me, we're the bet, we're the better team. We have more talent. We have to play like the better team. That's what's been missing against Alabama and Tennessee this year. I thought there were good signs at Ole Miss, just not enough. But again, leaving those plays out there, I thought there was a little confidence coming out. I thought the offense was was rolling in that one. But again, can you find those inches? Can you make those plays? That's what you can do for the end of this season. And then for a lot of the younger guys, that becomes the standard, and you get to input the culture that you want for your teammates who come in here. Couldn't agree more. Well, enjoy what should be uh, a good Saturday, um, you know, at Kyle Field, and and enjoy uh, the calls the rest of the season uh, without the dark cloud. I mean, you can kind of go out and just talk uh, about the game and about the players. Andrew, always good to talk with you. Enjoy and, uh, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you, my friend.
Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, Andrew Monaco, again, good friend of the show. Great to talk with him. Voice of the Aggies as Texas A&M uh, begins the post-Jimbo era uh, this weekend against Abilene Christian. Stay with us. We've got much more to come. This is the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular. Attention business owners. Have you filed for your employee retention credit and been approved? Are you now waiting for your refund check from the IRS instead of waiting months to a year plus? How would you like to get your ERC money in about 10 days? Now you can. With ERCMoneyUpfront.com, we help business owners that have filed their employee retention credit and been approved to get their money faster. If you're getting between $75,000 and $5 million, we could get you up to a 70% advance on that money in about 10 days. To learn more about how you can get your ERC money faster, call this number right now. Speak with one of our funding specialists and have a text sent to your cell phone with details. 800-279-0419. 800-279-0419. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This is not a loan product except in California. An offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts. You know, I didn't mind going out on a limb, and I believed in my picks last week, gentlemen, as we wrap up the show and make our picks here for this week. Uh, kudos to both these fine gentlemen. Handsome, devilishly handsome. They're the sexiest men alive, and they can pick games like no other. Both 4-0 last week to whip my butt down the street. Uh, I'll try to do better this week. All right. Uh, Larry, can we, can we talk season long? I, I think I've I, only oh, missed one game this I year. I started trying this week. The last week, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> Brad's like the he, he's like the the ninety six Bulls. I mean, he just ninety seven Bulls. I mean, it just he just doesn't miss. I'm. It, it's insane. Uh, you know, Nostradamus. He really is. Yeah. Nostradamus. Yeah. Nostradamus. It's it's kind of crazy because I expect to miss games now because I'm due. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're like you're, you're like Jordan against the Blazers in the '92 Finals. You're looking over at Marv Albert, going, "I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just going keeps in. going in. I don't know. I, I don't know how winning. it's happening. But. Yeah, I just, I win. That's what I do. I win. Charlie Sheen's impressed at the winning. <laughs> uh, winning. Tiger blood. <laughs> Tiger blood. Let's start the SEC with uh, you know, pretty good rivalry, but it's you know, look, Georgia is Georgia right now. Georgia at Tennessee. Who you got? I, I like Georgia in this game because I just don't think Tennessee's going to be able to do enough offensively uh, against Georgia to to win this one. But I, I will say this: that is a tough place to play. It, it'll be raucous. It'll be crazy. And the the one thing that only gives me tennis, hope for Tennessee is that Georgia has to have a bad game at some point, don't they? Where they just kind of melt down, right? Because every team does. Maybe they will. But no, I I'm picking Georgia. Yeah, I think actually Georgia's going to make uh, make this an easy game. I think by the third quarter they'll have it well in hand and might even threaten to to turn this into a blowout. You know, it's just a rumor. Actually, it's not. It's just me talking out of my out of my head. But I think what Kirby Smart did all week was he just played Rocky Top during practice, just on a loop over and over, just, and just over, like the game. Over. Just yeah. like the game. <laughs> my first ever game at Neyland was in '91. By the end of the first quarter, oh I was going to satellite truck. For aspirin, I just was like, "This is insane." <laughs> uh, I'm going Georgia too. I guess I learned my lesson before. Um, they're going to stomp, stomp on them with a hobnail boot. That's right. Our producer Tony, uh, I like, I like that. Hey, okay, Pac-12, another incredible game. Listen, it's too bad these guys are breaking up, Beatles, because you've been fantastic in uh, in 2023. The Huskies at Oregon State, maybe one of the most overlooked teams in the country. This is a this is a pretty good game. Yeah, Oregon State's actually favored by two and a half in this game. Crazy, crazy. It's, it's wild when you think about that because Washington's ranked, you know, fifth in the country undefeated. But Oregon State's been really good. Um, I, I do like their team. I think that Washington wins this game, though, because I think that they Michael Penix will make enough plays for them to win down the stretch in a, in a tight one. And I'm going to go, I, I actually think, I'm just going to go fate here, but I think, with the with the Pac-2 winning their lawsuit, at least the first round of it, <laughs> uh, against the rest of the Pac-12, I think Oregon State's going to take that in-court momentum and bring it onto the football field. And, and I think they are going to upset Washington, which then makes an open path for both Georgia and 
um, Georgia and Alabama potentially to get into the championship. Oh, I like that. Yeah. How about Oregon State and Washington State? Uh, again, cry not for me. Uh, two teams that have the control of like half a billion dollar war chest, right? Um, maybe they weren't so dumb after all. You guys yeah. should have you guys should have paid attention and included them in your plans as you were packing to leave. Uh, I'll take the Huskies in this one. Um, I, I agree. I think Oregon State's playing so well. Um, but I've, I've been picking the Huskies all year and I'm going to stick with that. I'm pretty stubborn to the ACC. Now, this was a, this is a tough matchup, North Carolina at Clemson. So North Carolina is ranked, but in this game, Clemson is a touchdown favorite. Now I think touchdown is too much, but I, I am taking Clemson. I think Clemson wins this game. I think Dabo's on a, on a revenge tour against all the Clemson fans who doubted him and all the rest of the country. I think they're going to fire it up. They're going to win this game and beat North Carolina. Although I will, I do love North Carolina's quarterback. I still do. So anyway, but yeah, Clemson. Yeah. I think, I think Tyler from Bumble, wherever in the Southeast, actually that caller fired up Dabo. And I think he has unified this Clemson team probably eight weeks too late into their season to make a big difference. But I actually think Clemson is going to, they're going to, pull this one away from North Carolina and put North Carolina out of the top 25. Well, I, I shouldn't uh, pick against Sturdy, but I'm going to. I'm going to go North Carolina on the road in this one. Uh, I believe in Mac Brown um, to, to make it happen. So there you go. We will see um, if I go over 3, which I won't. All right. Hey, guess what? Clock on the wall says we're done. We're out of time. Boy, we had a busy, busy show Thanks to everyone who came by, and we appreciate it. Thanks to you for listening. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. We're right back here next week. I know it's it's turkey. I know, but Mike will eat the turkey, and once he wakes up, we'll do the show. All right. For Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. Take care. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. See you next week. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Aggie Guys Sports Spectacular.